This is Rick Teeter from the Wheel Warehouse in Orange, California, listening to the HRBB podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod Five Boy Podcast. You are listening to the HRBB podcast, brought to you by Alden American, America's number one coilover and suspension company. Welcome back, listeners. This is episode 75 of the HRBB Podcast. I'm here with Chris Kyneton. How are we do- doing today, doing my brother? Doing real good, man. Yeah. yeah no. It's a sunny day here. Yeah, yeah it's not too bad. Um, you know, we're closing out February here. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, excited to t- talk to uh, someone today because, uh, you know, as you everybody... Do, done a lot of work together. Yeah, everybody knows that, uh, you know, my professional career, if you will, has been on the wheel side of things and... Um, you know, now that I'm uh, rounding the corner, about to turn 50, kind of reflecting on the last, I don't know, 30 something years of me doing this and just kind of the, the impact certain people have had and, uh, just the wheel industry in general, um, just kind of how it shapes the aftermarket and such, and also Southern California car culture. And one important aspect to that is, you know, with, with the wheel business, you can make the wheels, but you need someone to sell the wheels and to okay. showcase the wheels. So um, I'm excited to have Rick Teeter from Wheel Warehouse on the line. Rick, how are you doing? I'm absolutely perfect today. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. So if you've bought a wheel and tire package from me in the last, I don't know how many years, Rick, shoot, 10 years maybe? Some, you, At they, least. They've been in contact with you. Um, but we've been doing business together that we're going to start talking about going back into the, I mean, my first memories are probably when I was in high school, late eighties, early ni- late eighties, early nineties. Right. So wheel warehouse. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it picked up, it picked up after your dad, you you know, did business with your dad forever. And then, you know, you picked up the ball and ran with it however long ago it was. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, um, Going back into the 80s when the when the, the wheel business started to take off, you know, Boyd's Wheels being one of the first made-to-order custom wheel companies, um, the, you know, in Southern California was like the epicenter of hot rodding and, and, and custom car culture. And if you wanted to buy custom wheels and you were lived in Orange County, which was a, a, a center for all this, I mean, everybody knows a wheel warehouse, right? So, Rick... You started working for Wheel Warehouse before it was actually Wheel Warehouse, correct? I mean, it was it well, wasn't a brick. And, it, was, it wasn't it was a brick. Go, it was going. It was going to the swap meet selling there wheels only. We didn't have you know any equipment or tire sales or anything. We just sold wheels, and people did what they did with tires and put them on themselves and stuff. But yeah, this goes back to the late seventies. Uh, Seventy nine, eighty is when it like really started to take off. Yeah, and you were in high school at the time. Hundred percent started selling wheels in high school. Actually, I wasn't selling them at the time. I was, you know, going to the getting them ready to go to the swap meet and sets and selling them at the swap meet and stuff. So I guess I was in sales. But then it transpired into, you know, needing to put them on and getting a building, and it all went from there. Yeah. So, so for all the wheel heads out there. What were some of the the brands that you would be selling in 1979, 1980? Oh boy, uh, 
that goes way back. Western Wheel. Western Wheel, for was sure. huge in our building back then. That's basically where it started. Um, we had an inn with Western Wheel and could get their Blem wheels, and we would take any scratches, nings, polish them up, clean them up, put caps on them, make sets, take them to the swap meet, and sell set the wheels that way. And really, that's Western Wheel is who helped us get started back in the day. Yeah. And, and, but it was also a lot of, I mean, they called them custom wheels back then, but it was a lot of commodity stuff, right? A lot of, a lot of people making the same stuff, you know, very limited fitments, right? Um, finishes, right? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people doing the same thing. It took a while for anybody to get innovated and start building new designs, you know. Um, and it was pretty basic designs back in the day, like the Indy Mag or the Outlaw Mag, and you know, American Racing's always been around and in our in our building. And um, Centerline was one of the early ones back then. Weld Racing, um, Ink Guy was was back then. There were there was a few household and names you pr- you that we it, sold back in the day. You pronounce is it Enkai or is it Enki? Enkai, Enki, Enki. Well, the Americans call it Inky, but the Japanese call it Inkai. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, Enkai had some cool stuff. I remember they had, I forget it was maybe the 80s or 90s when they were, remember they were shipping wheels like in these wood crates? Do you remember that? Like a wood box? It wasn't yeah. It wasn't cardboard. It was wood. Yeah, no, like, you know, box of pallets. Box, yeah. uh, box made of pallets. Yeah, it was crazy. It was kind of cool. But, yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, in, back in in the eighties, though. I mean, I remember um, wh- when did Wheel Warehouse move over there on La Palma? Where, where did you have a, guys have another location before that? We were on Lincoln, uh, back behind the. Yeah, I don't even remember the name of the store. It's long gone now. The, the company's long gone, but we were back behind someplace in a strip mall thing. Uh, not long. Less than a year, I think, and then we moved over to Anaheim in 1979, and we were there for 30-some years, and then we ended up moving the store from Anaheim over to Orange, California. Which is now, you know, you're just right down the street from me. And I think you guys moved in over there right after I moved over here to Orange, right before, right before. Yeah, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, and, and... I mean, Wheel Warehouse was kind of the first. There's, there's, there's two locations in, in Orange County that you think of when you think of custom wheels and having a nice showroom. I mean, now there's, there's a, a bunch of different wheel and tire shops, but I think you think of Wheel Warehouse up in northern Orange County, and then Grand Prix down in uh, South County. And I'm sure there's others that have popped up, but the ones that have been around for a few decades, those have been like the the key places to go. And there was Globe Tire, too, for a long period. Yeah, and, and where was Globe at? La Cienega, L.A. Okay, yeah, up in L.A. I'm talking Orange County, though, but yeah, um, <laughs> you know. But they, they, they were the big dogs up in the L.A., and then us and um, Grand Prix, definitely. Um, but, you know, Globe's gone, gone now, and Grand Prix's slipping a little bit, and we're still trying to go strong. Yeah, you guys are doing pretty good. And also, too, I mean, you know, so – how long you're you're the 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 longest employee employed person at wheel warehouse i would say that's accurate because i was there uh late 80 i think it was uh late 80 early 81 
I was a junior in high school. Yeah, because, I mean, Will Warehouse was that location. I remember being in high school. I, I would send all my friends there because, you know, we just we dealt with the wheels. But, you know, when it came to just getting the tires and then, you know, you guys did a bunch of lowering back in the day. Um, you guys were the, the spot to go to. Every car your dad ever owned, we lowered. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, uh, and, you know, he did some there, questionable stuff to get some of these cars uh, low. I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it for most people, but there might have been uh, some cement bags in the back of some of these trunks, you know, to get the back end down <laughs> a little bit, you know. I wouldn't say that's all the wheel warehouse is doing. Well, your dad, your dad was, you know, just when he was building the hot rods, decided he needed wheels for it and didn't want to buy them from somebody. So that's when he started building wheels. Um, and he did, you know, ground from the ground up, did everything. But when it came to his own vehicles, he brought it over to us to get it done. Yeah. Well, you guys did a good job. You were dialed in on that stuff. I mean, I think everybody, I mean, it's like, I talked to people that I've dealt with for years and years and it's like, I don't even need to. I mean, I always mention your guys' name or recommend you guys. Oh, no, I think they always say the same thing. Oh, I've been going to Wheel Warehouse for years. You know, you know, you always had a, you guys always had a cool showroom. Always had a ton of ton of brands. I mean, it was like any you guys could get any tire brand, any wheel brand, and you guys were kind of like, uh, what do I want to say? Like it was kind of like a little testing spot for for people. You know. With their brands, I mean, hundred percent, yeah. Always... Anytime anybody, anytime anybody came out with a new application or wheel or something and wanted to, you know, check fit on a car, it was us. All the SEMA cars going every year, you know, back in the eighties and early nineties and stuff. Everything that was from Orange County, like you said, it was the epicenter for wheels, and anything that got done back then came through us. Well, and you know, I sit there and I, I, I and I, being in the wheel business, you know, I get I get stuck in my my lane with doing the, the things that I do with the made to order stuff. But you look at just the volume of aftermarket wheels that are sold still to this day. And it's just mind boggling where, like I said, someone like me, I'm dealing with four at a time. Guys are building cars that take the vehicles that take them, you know, months and years to build, you know, but your perspective though you 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 get all the above you get the guys that are building their cars you also get a lot of the takeoff stuff like when i say takeoff someone drives from the dealership yeah two wheel warehouse putting your shoes on that yeah and they're like take them off and put me something new on yeah you know i want to make this mine yeah we we realized that you know when cars started being leased and stuff people would put cool stuff on their cars and then when they went to the lease return they needed to put it back to stock so we decided to start buying not asking for it for free or anything we started paying the customers so that we would own it the original equipment stuff coming off the car and we had no idea we would just you know sit on it and we had no idea that it was going to take off the way it did that's that that was a huge business for us still today yeah Um, it's coming and going we take the stockers off and put the cool stuff on and then when somebody needs to get it back to normal we have that too yeah because that that is a problem right when when people lease a car then they you know they do some modifications to it um you know and they want they got to put it back yeah I, I remember the last mercedes my dad had he uh it was a lease but you know it was my dad so he went and shaved all the door handles and slammed the thing on the ground and you know 
when it came time to turn it back in, they basically wrote on there, no more leasing cars to Boyd. <laughs> so That's funny. Yeah, you know? I mean, because, I mean, like, you know, a lot of times, too, like, they bring them to you, and you'd be like, well, there's not, they don't really have springs, or they don't have a kit for this thing, and then just be like, well, figure it out, you know? It's got to be on the right. ground. Yeah, and then, so... You know, and you guys were right there in Southern California, the whole sport truck movement, which, you know, now is coming back with all these uh, OBS trucks. That was kind of a big deal because then by that time, then you had, you know, I wouldn't call them a rival. You just had another company like Traders up in Whittier, you know, cranking the trucks out. But you guys were doing a decent amount of that stuff. Rick? I'm here. Okay. I didn't. What's the question? <laughs> no, it's just, it wasn't a question. It's just about the sport, sport truck stuff. I, I, you, kind of, you, kind of, you kind of faded out. You're, you're kind of low on my end, your volume. Oh, okay. We're, 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 I thought we were kind of high over here. That's something else. No. But, uh, you know, the, the sport truck movement, I mean, was, was kind of a huge deal. I remember just driving by that, your, your guys' uh, lot there, and just... You guys would just have stuff parked. Oh, out. the 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 Chevy half tons and stuff. Yeah. Sport truck with the with your dad's wheels and lowered that. You know that was dropping bread. two three or dropping two three or four six and putting wheels and tires on it. That was that was just off the chart back then. Yeah, I mean that was everybody. Everybody that bought one of those trucks wanted to do that. Yeah, and you guys had a. I mean, you know. Just your established business, you had to network, I mean, with just like some of these other guys, just of just with the dealerships, just bringing you stuff, you know? And and what um, what other trends that, I mean, you know, we, like you said, I get stuck in certain lanes, but you guys would kind of cater to every little trend that was out there. Yeah, and that's that's kind of funny too. I was sitting here thinking back. You're you're bringing back some memories. Uh, we would take these little Volkswagen Scirocco's with 13 inch wheels and tires on it from the factory, <laughs> and we would put 15 inch. We'd go plus two. This is like early 80s. We would do plus twos on them and do like a 15 inch with a low profile folded tire, and uh, everybody just going, "Oh my gosh!" Like wow, and we just wowed the world with doing plus sizing back then i think we were the innovators of plus sizing because we just went bigger wheels and shorter tires and uh, we knew just to keep the overall diameter right and we did that and now people are going plus six and seven it's crazy well and you know it's it's funny the terminology you're using right because i haven't used the term plus one plus two <laughs> in, in forever you know and now you're throwing up plus seven well because you know what also too like like you you mentioned earlier is you guys, because of your location, and, and you know, in the 80s and 90s, most of the wheel manufacturers were here in Southern California, right? So, right. Either, so, either manufacturing or distribution. You know, Inkai and the company we had, uh, mentioned earlier yeah. were out of Japan and Yokohama wheels and stuff. So there was, there was a handful of Japanese imports and stuff, but most of the American companies were in Southern California. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and now, you know, I know like SEMA has these measuring sessions like when a new vehicle comes out. Um, but, man, I, I remember just new vehicles coming out, and then it would be like, hey, we got to go down to Wheel Warehouse. Let's take this wheel down there. We're going to see if it fits. And test fits. Yeah, that's, you guys... that's, what, that's what I was saying earlier. Everybody in the industry, whether it was 
a wheel builder or a car builder or anything. They, they kind of came to us to help them figure it all out. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the, the, the importance, uh, you know, I guess importance it's, it's, it's a fashion business, right? So even, even with a new Tesla, right? What's the, I mean, you, you know, all the jokes about Irvine and yeah. all the Teslas and all that stuff here. It's just like boring. Right? Yeah. They're all, they're all the same, but how do you change a Tesla? Change the wheels. Yeah. And yeah. every once in a while around here, you get a wrap or something. You yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's all the, wheels. Up. the wheels are the easiest thing. I mean, it's just wheels it's are the, the easiest thing. It's the best way to accessorize a car, you know, oh, like wrap sure. the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Will Warehouse built their, built their whole business for how many years now? Yeah. And what, what? And you're basically you guys are celebrating how many years in business? Well, seventy nine. So we're forty uh, five. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good, man. And you know, Rick, uh, you <coughs> no longer live here in Orange uh, County, but you were smart. You figured out how to work for a good business like Will Warehouse, but moved to Texas. So, that's me. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, you know, like I said, I deal with Rick all the time and, and I send customers to him because sometimes with the wheel and tire thing, it's easier for me just to sell the wheels and then say, hey, you're going to talk to my guy, Rick, and you're going to figure the tires out. I drop the wheels off at Wheel Warehouse when they're done. Yep. Boom. Rick makes it easy. And he's in Texas. It's all done over the internet and phone. Right. Yeah. Technology today has helped a lot, you know, but uh, it's, it's so easy to know what i know and help people do what they need to get done and you know another thing that's that kind of changed in the last probably i don't know 15 years or so is you know the wheel business but even back when boyd's was doing um all the starting doing all the custom wheels you still had that mentality of you know the jobbers and and the wholesale guys and the the middlemen right so it, it was there were still like these gatekeepers and, and there was inventory of commodity wheels. Even though we were building custom wheels, there would still be guys that, that bought. And even you guys, you guys would, hey, listen, we know we're going to we're gonna sell. We're going to, we do like 20 trucks a month. So we're going to stock a bunch of, you know, 17-inch five-on-five five stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and, we had we had 20 to 30 sets of your wheels on the floor at any given time back in the day. Yeah, but now it's... You know, with the the most of the two piece guys and three piece guys, it's all made to order. There's not a lot of people just putting out. Plus, also the dollar amount is a lot higher now. You know? Every last one of the every last custom built wheel is made to order. Nobody's really pre building anything like that. No, uh, the only thing that's all on, on a shelf is like you know we look at Wheel Pros and Ultra and all these uh, bigger companies that are buying wheels from China. That's all in boxes and. You know, that's all there. Yeah, but that's not custom. That's not custom built three piece. It's custom not custom built. But to the to the general population, it's a custom wheel. It's not custom built though. You know. Correct. Yeah. So it's still interesting. Like I said, I just mentioned earlier, it's amazing at where where all these wheels are going. You know. What do you see? Yeah. It's it, what's what's really crazy to me is where did all the wheels go, the ink guys and the Boyd Coddingtons and all the wheels that we put on these, like the vehicles just go to a salvage yard and get crushed with the wheels or something. I, I very rarely, unless it's been sitting in a barn or a garage for 20 years, I very rarely see an, a wheel from the 80s still out on the road. There's cars. There's those old 
school cars running yeah. around, but I very rarely see a wheel with that I just go, man, I sold a ton of those back in the 80s. Well, the, you know, there there are um, – and, it, and it's funny because now that some of these these the trucks and, and, and these other uh, vehicles are cycling around and now they're classics and th- some of this stuff, it's out there. I, I agree with you. Like all the, all those – where did the majority of all those Boyd's cast stars go, fluted stars? I mean, I was machining – I was machining 50 of those a night, you know, just sure. on the just machine I was running and they all got built. They all got sold. Where did they go? Um, so well, I, well, where, where you where you get lucky to see them is some car shows. If you get out to enough car shows, you'll be walking by a car and just go, wow, that guy must've garaged that thing for 20 years. Yeah. No, but you know, being now that I, you know, last decade or so been focused on promoting like the wheel repair side of things, it's it's kind of I'm putting it out there like like majority of all those two piece wheels from, you know, the 80s and 90s and and up um with some exception can be repurposed. They can be refinished. You know, they can be rehooped. We can change backspaces. We can do a lot of things to them. So um it's Every once in a while, I'll, I'll get a new old stock set of Boyd's that'll pop up, and it'll be in the original boxes, and it'll have the date stamp of, like, 94 on it. Um, and, you know, some guys think they're sitting on gold, but then other, guy, other guys will show up and go, hey, I bought these things on Craigslist for 300 bucks," And then, you know, you rehoop it for another 1000 bucks or, or, or whatever it is. It's like they have a brand-new set of wheels, yep. you know, which is cool. Yeah, old-school old cool wheels. It's real. It is real cool, and I mean it. We're fortunate enough because if you have a one piece Chinese wheel, that thing's chrome, it's peeling. That just throw it in the trash, really, unless it's some rare design. That, yeah. but chances are, if it's a one piece cast wheel, it's there's a lot of them, and they've ran their course. The HRBB podcast is proudly brought to you by Alden American. Forty years ago, my dad Boyd Coddington came across a company called Alden American. They were producing stainless steel coilovers. They were the perfect fit for some of the iconic builds he was starting at the time. The Vern Luce Coupe and Jamie Musselman's Roaster, to name a few. Forty years later, Alden American is still offering adjustable coilovers, shocks, performance springs, and hundreds of vehicle-specific bolt-on kits designed to properly lower and drastically improve your ride. We are proud to continue this relationship 40 years later with Alden American, and we use them on a lot of our OBS builds. Don't let your suspension slow you down. The team at Alden American is here to help you achieve your stance goals and get the right parts fast. Check out AldenAmerican.com today to get started. You know what's another thing that I, I, where did they all go? Spinners. Where did all the spinner (laughs) wheel goes? Where did they go? I mean, Rick, you guys. Uh, even they get... most they mo- they they mostly went to Detroit and the inner cities like that, but not not today. I don't, yeah, where where no, but the where, when's go? the last time? Oh, so so early two thousands was when those things were popular. About twenty. And then years they ago, yeah. so Davin created that wheel first, and then someone got smart and said, "No, we're just going to make a bolt on adapter, so you could put them on almost any wheel." Yeah. And they were everywhere. Yeah, they were. They were everywhere. I mean, we had probably three or four companies hit us up. And my dad was like, yeah, I don't want to get into the fad stuff, right? And they, they wanted us hey, to make Chris, those things. Yeah. Hey, Chris, it goes deeper It goes deeper than that on the spinners. You could go to Pep Boys 
and buy hubcaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. That's right. Spinner. And you know what? That was the death of the spinner. Yeah, yeah I think so. When you could go buy a plastic hubcap that was spinning for your Honda Accord. <laughs> and that was a jump the shark moment. <laughs> yeah, but but what I'm getting at is where did all those go? Correct. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. They, it's they, crazy they, to me. Thousands, thousands upon thousands of those of the of the bolt-on spinners. Where did they go? You'd pull up to any light in Orange County and and then look around, you'll see a set. Yeah. And then it's gone. They're gone. Yep. When was the last time you saw a spinner? It's got to have been That's five, ten years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you go back to 2002, 2003, they were everywhere. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. But, you know, it's like, you know, someone like a Will Warehouse, for example, just goes with, yeah, whatever, the trend, whatever the next thing is, right? You guys weren't afraid of it. Yeah, that. I mean, you know, you got, a, we back in the day though, we were the trendsetter for sure. And now there's just so much to be involved. We just kind of do our, we we stay in our lane. Well, now. and, and you, back back then, yeah, we did we did what we had to do. Well, and you know what? It was explained to me years and years ago, and it made sense. Uh, you know, because a lot of lot was popping here in Southern California. And car culture and stuff like, especially like fashion stuff, trendy stuff happens on the coasts and then kind of works its way towards the center of the country. But now it seems like, especially with the internet and social media over the last 20 years, it's like you have some real big name shops down at the South Texas, right? You have all, and every state has their, their center of, and their wheel guy. They have their their wheel Ab- warehouse, if you will. Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's the internet, social media. You before that, you were if you were in Idaho or Montana, you had no idea what was going on in the world unless you saw it in a magazine, and then you could research it and stuff. And that's Lowrider magazine was probably the biggest one back then. But then when the internet hit. You could be in a cave and you could know what's cool. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean, when it blew up around the world. Well, and and that's that's the other point of it is too. Like you talk about the magazines, right? So the magazines were also the guys that told you what was cool. All the magazine companies they were out here in L.A. and Orange County, yeah. right? Correct. Ma- ma- majority Low of Rider, them. Dub Magazine, all of them. All all of them. You know, Hot Rod Magazine, Trucking Magazine, all that stuff happened yep. here. And where did they go? They went to Wheel Warehouse. Right. Um, yeah, that's where all the most most of those magazine photo shoots were done in our base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, how many tech articles were, were written uh, in in your base there? Oh, oh, hundred hundreds, and you know, and that they would get the information from us and jot it and take pictures and yeah, the, all those articles, a lot of them. I shouldn't say all of them. A lot of the majority of them back in the day were done right in our base. We were. We'd close down a couple of bays and get the cameras out and do installs and measuring and you know that all that stuff all all the stuff that's normal today that people know they can go to the internet or know how to measure a wheel or whatever that all came from us you know trying figuring it out we figured it out and that's what made us shine because we could you know do the fitments that nobody else could yeah and and and. And also, too, when you said trends are set, I mean, it's amazing at just how um, 
just changing the offset by, you know, by an eighth of an inch either way, that sets a certain look for, you know, there's for, for different segments of the market, right? I mean, hundred percent. And, you know, just getting the, getting the, the, the tire to sit, you know, in, in a certain spot and it just defines a look, you know, I mean, you, you know, what's pretty, pretty wild right now. So you remember, uh, and, and that it, it's a re it was kind of a regional thing, but a lot of the Hispanic guys in the nineties were running when they were running, I forget what it was probably a three fifteen, but they were running 17 by 11s with like a three and a half inch backspace on the, on these OBS trucks. So guess what that did? That made it stick out, but that was a certain look. Yeah, no, up, like no. the fifteen tens. See, I, I grew up in like a, a very Hispanic neighborhood. You you have you have look, no dude. you have no idea how many fifteen ten wheels <laughs> yeah. container loads we sent down to El Paso, Texas. Oh going yeah, into Mexico. Yeah, and and uh, and and you know what's funny is, so most of the hoops that we we buy. Um, we buy exclusively through a company, American manufacturer. Their number two selling rim shell last year was a 1711. Think about that. No kidding. Think about that. So I'm talking about all the, on top of all the 20s and 22s and staggered 18s and everything that we're doing that other companies are doing, 17 by 11s. Pretty That's wild. crazy. Pretty crazy, right? So it all circles around. Because, you know, the problem with the 15-inch, and, you know, like the, the wheels have always been dictated by the what tires are available. So, but, um, yeah, it's it's like the 15-inch just would cause cause issues, you know, in the turning on the front end of those vehicles. Plus, it's also what tires are available, you know? Yeah, that's it's, it's pretty Correct. wild, man, you know? Pretty wild. It's definitely been a fun ride. Yeah. So you had, uh, did you have, do you have any interest? That, that's that, that's the other thing I was going to tell you. Not only were, were we, you know, hands on doing it and all that, but we enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. No, it, it, it was fun. I mean, cause you know, you guys got to a spot too, where any of the, any of the new vehicles that were out would land at your guys' spot first. Because somebody. Oh yeah, most mo most all the manufacturers uh, had engineers, you know, going maybe early '90s, mid '90s. They they started having guys that wanted to measure vehicles, and they'd go to the dealer and measure it. But if they didn't have a connection to do that, they would tell us, "If you ever get a, you know, brand new whatever in, call me. I'll be right down there to measure it." And we there was a lot of car measuring going on down in our shops as well. So over the years, um, talk about trendy stuff. Besides spinners, what was another thing that you just thought was silly that maybe didn't last that long or maybe lasted too long? Man, I don't know. Uh, lowering the vehicles is not as popular as it used to be, but that has to do with the onboard computers and stuff too. Yeah. A lot of them with the air suspensions and stuff, you can't. You, we've gone from replacing coils to putting a chip in the vehicle to manipulate the computer of how we lower vehicles <laughs> right? now. So that trend has definitely changed. And it's amazing how uh, the, the leveling and then the lifting has just kind of stuck around, you know? Cause Le well, leveling, leveling has become way larger than lifting. Lifting's kind of a dying breed, I think. It's, it's not as popular as it used to be. Granted, there's still plenty of people doing it and stuff, but that also on the other end, 
with the computers on the trucks and stuff. You would lift a vehicle six inches, uh, and all the lights would come on the dashboard like a Christmas tree because <laughs> the computer's going, what is going on with this truck? It's not right. Yeah. So we could only lift them so high. That's where leveling became so popular because you could level up the front end and give it that lifted look for a fraction of the cost and still keep your factory ride. And that's what made that so popular today. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, it, it makes you kind of wonder too, like it's, you know, there's a dollar amount attached to these vehicles. That's just astronomical, right? You go buy a new Silverado. How much money is that? Then you talk about, well, I want to lift it. Yeah. It's not that easy. You know, it's like all this, all this stuff around it that, it still has a popularity of like a lot of these older trucks, you know. I mean, I you know, got to be honest. It's it's nice it, the simplicity of an OBS truck, the eighty-eight to ninety-eight body style. Just you know, being able to work on it. Parts are readily readily available. They're cheap. There's not a lot of electronics going on with it. You know, you can lift it. You exactly. Can lower yeah, it. they were easy. Cars were simple back in the eighties. Yeah. And now everything's just... But now they got the computers and the air suspension and, you know, the computer's monitoring every rotation of the tire and air pressure. And it, it's it's really, you know, evolution has made the vehicle so that you can't do as many customizations to it that you used to be able to. Yeah, and what's your thoughts, too? I mean, you how long have you been in Texas now? Uh, five years. Five years. Okay, so in the last five years, I mean, it's just, especially in Orange County here, it's just the amount of cookie-cutter Teslas that are out there. Um, it's it's like... Not just there. Okay, well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying, because I've watched it, so you've been gone, so you've seen it where you're at, too? Just, I mean... There are so many Teslas around, it's, it's amazing to me it's out cr- here. It's crazy, but they're all the same. They all look the same. Yeah. And my my fear uh, with the aftermarket is that we've, you know, Elon is doing such a good job with the Tesla. He's turned it into just this appliance. You know, it's it's a microwave. It's it's a toaster. It's hey, this is just this thing that gets me it's from a point A. Computer with tires. That's it. And yeah. it's like, and you know what? When something major goes wrong with it, it's kind of just gonna be tossed to the side. Where, hey, and look at. And like I just seen OBS trucks, they're popular because you know what, guys my age, yeah. when we were 16, 18 years old, we really wanted that stuff, but we were young. Our dads and uncles had that stuff, or our grandparents had that stuff, you know. Um, right. But it's able to be recycled. It's you could keep a, these gas motor cars going forever, you know. Um, and it's just like, what's going to happen with Teslas here in ten years? You know, well, I mean, more and more manufacturers are going electric, which the, the beauty is that the, the drivetrains are still pretty similar. So, you know, we can still put wheels and tires on them. We just can't do all the suspension work that we used to be able to yeah. do. But that's what I'm saying. Are people going to even – it doesn't seem like around here people give a crap about uh, changing out their wheels on their Tesla or making it look different, which is so weird, right? Because everyone looks – everyone – I don't know. Everyone just it looks the same. Go yeah. drive through Irvine. No, it's <laughs> go go drive through Irvine and just pull up to any light, and you just look around you, and it just looks like these, yeah, army of robots. With you know, that's nuts. Yeah, I don't know. And you're seeing it there because you're right outside the Dallas area. 
right? I'm in North. Yeah, I'm in North Dallas by Grapevine. Um, there's a there's a ton of Teslas here. It, it it blows my mind how many Teslas are on the road. <laughs> now, are you seeing um, now? Um, how many different companies right now are offering fitments for Tesla that you know of? Like oh, if, just about everybody. The, the, the Tesla fitment's pretty basic. Yeah, it's not it's not that crazy. But I mean, what I'm saying is is like. Do you get a lot of requests, or are you guys moving a lot of Tesla fitments, or you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing, where people are just, eh, they don't really care to spend four or five, six grand on their Tesla to make it. Look yeah, that, that's a tough one to answer because we do our share of Teslas. You know, there's the it's it's the mentality of the the consumer, not the car itself. If if the guy's a wheel guy and a car guy, and buys a Tesla, he's probably going to want wheels on it. But the people today that are buying Teslas are not wheeler. Car guys. Yeah, it's it's more like the 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 Tesla owner that goes to Wheel Warehouse. Yes, he's yeah. he's going to be fixing it up. But you're not seeing a lot of the Tesla guys go. Hey, I need to go find some wheels for this thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious to see where it's going to be. You know, I just have like this thought of like this graveyards of just dead <laughs> Teslas, and no one cares about. Hey, yeah, I'm getting my. I mean, I hear I deal with it all the time. You know, I got this, uh, you know, what, whatever it is. My dad's 57. My grandpa's 57 Chevy. I'm getting it now. I'm going to fix it up. I just don't see 20, 30 years from now. I'm getting my grandpa's Tesla. <laughs> yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting I, my I grandpa's that, Tesla. I that a lot, too. You know? I'm, get, I'm getting my grandpa's Tesla. I'm so excited. I'm going to fix funny, it up. Dude. No. But, no. Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm cu- I'm curious. But it's it's uh, you know it's 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 interesting to see where this is all going to go. Um, but you know, I, I think we get jaded living here in, in in Southern California. At least I do, because the mentality is it's not like what it was thirty years ago. You know, there's a lot more, a lot more shake in, in, in you know in like say Arizona well, and Texas. You know, and Tennessee, oh yeah, that, Louisiana, Southern California. Southern California was the epicenter for wheels and tires and the hot rods and fixing up. And everybody went there to shop and buy. And, you know, even through the magazines before the internet, you know, would call us and, and we'd ship stuff back in the day. But it's very interesting. Like you see where it's going to go. Yeah. So let's, let's talk also, do you have any, any, was there any good uh, or funny stories that you got about my dad back at wheel warehouse? Oh boy. Funny stories about your dad. Um, yeah. Any projects stick out or anything like that? No. The, 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 the funniest thing to me is he would never, you know, call ahead of time or anything. He'd just pull up, walk in, throw me the keys and tell me to lower it and walk out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He, he just, uh, you know, a man, a few words. Um, no I loved your dad. He he was so easy to get along with, and when when we needed something from him, it was it was a pleasure doing business with him. Oh yeah, my guy, uh, my dad. And you know what? I, I think because you know we, we were selling we were selling wheels to everybody back then, right? I mean, you even talk about like I mean, All Star Tire, right? In Paramount, that was another one yep. that was popping off. Traders. But wheel warehouse, but you Traders, know, on, on and on and on and on, they've come and gone. Yeah, oh, for sure, and 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 you know, but my dad always had a soft spot for you guys, and because I think it was it was like that, like, just like you said, 
he didn't have to worry about it. He just would be like, "Hey, take the take the new Mercedes or the Cadillac or whatever it is. Just go 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 through." It, it, it boiled down to trust, Chris. It boiled down to trust. Everything we did was up front. We told people what they were up against, what could happen. Um, we knew what we were doing. We were the innovators of everything. Um, and I, I think the trust that we built with people, including your dad, is what kept us going for the last 45 years. Well, and you guys also sunk the sunk the, the money into the technology. You weren't just a dirty a tire shop, you know? You weren't just some gr- greasy... I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Because there's when you mentioned earlier that there was a handful of people in Orange County back in the day, and now you can get it anywhere... If you have a stereo shop, you have wheels on the wall. Yeah. If you have a tire shop, you have wheels on the wall. And I have, for many, many years, have distinguished there's a wheel shop and there's a tire shop. If you want tires, yeah, yeah, go yeah. to Discount Tire. That's a good point. Good point. If you want wheels, you got to go to a wheel shop. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, discount Tire started, you know, early 2000s when they had Discount Tire Direct. They really they were pushing our product and they were pushing custom made product uh, and they were doing a good job with it because they had a core group of guys at that company that were enthusiasts. But then, you know, in the last 10, 12 years, you know, the, the lawyers get involved and say, Oh, all, all the, all the um, suppliers need to carry like this crazy amount of liability insurance, which, you know, I have liability insurance for my business and product liability, but what they were asking for is like it's it, it makes it they basically I think they got rid of like something like seventy percent of their wheel uh, suppliers with this move, and it just kind of made them real generic. Plus, they're a huge, huge company. So, um, saying that, I mean they do a really good job, but you know how many times do I hear from people? God, do you have anybody? And that's also Rick. That's also a part of the reason why. Um, you know, I sell wheels to people all over the country. You know, you got somebody in South Dakota, and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm not too comfortable with the the tire guys I got here. Do you have? How do I get wheels and tires from you? Can you sell me the tires?" And it's like, "Yes, I can do that." And then, you know, because you guys, yeah, I I, 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 I appreciate that, and yeah, that's that's true. We get we get that as well, even in our world. Yeah, somebody reaches out from Wyoming and wants wheels, they. They go, I'm not going to have these things mounted. Can you mount and balance tires on them and send them to me so I can just bolt them on in my barn? Yeah. No, and and it's uh, – I over the years, it happens a few times a year. Somebody will be like, hey, I need to send my wheels back. Well, what happened? Well, my local tire shop I've been going to for 20 years, um, you know, gouged my wheels. And – you know, they're used to just putting together steel wheels with the claws grabbing the back of the rim, you know? And, you, right. you know, you guys have the nice machines that don't touch the rim. And not only that, but some of your guys over there, I mean, some of those guys have been there for 20, 30 years or more. Oh, yeah. Our service department's stellar. They've been with us a long time and no cars inside and out. And that's another thing you hit on the tire machines. We, we went to SEMA every year and bought the newest, latest, greatest technology because we knew we needed to have it for what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was expensive, you know, but we we were, we needed the tabletop machines and then the scratchless mounting machines and 
And now even the balance of the stuff got so big, talking the plus sevens and stuff, going to <laughs> yeah. 26 and 28 inch. Oh, yeah. It took two guys to lift it on and off a machine or a balancer. Now the machines will pick it up and put it on for you. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I've, I've, it's, well, yeah, because I mean, some of that stuff per corner, 80 pounds, right? At least. 90 pounds? 80 to 100. Corner? Yeah. It's oh, so... oh, yeah. 80 to 100 pounds on some of this stuff. And that's why I say one guy, you're not going to get this guy to pull up on a balancer it takes two guys to lift it yeah no yeah and, and that's an important thing because you know what the last thing i want to do is uh hear from a customer that's you know they've waited six eight ten twelve weeks for me to build a set of wheels and then hey the guy hey chris uh yeah i got a problem here you know and it's right it's last thing you want to hear no and, and i think that's why you know a the the technology's there, and if you live in a big town, you you can you can find the people with the the equipment and the experience. But it's more so now. But I mean, you still, like I said, I got people in the middle of nowhere America that are just like, nah, I'm spending a lot of money. I'd rather just buy it all from you. A lot. There's a lot of those people that aren't around big cities and have the money to do what they want and want their cars cool, and they see it on the social media and stuff and they're doing it. They're, they're like, like you say, they're calling us and asking us to just send it to them so they can bolt it on the car. And if we do everything right, they can do that. Hey, what's a, what's yep. a, what's a trend you're seeing right now with some of the, some newer vehicles. I don't know that there's any kind of trend because it's so sparse. It's so many different manufacturers and so many different types of people. I don't know that there's, it's not like it was when spinners came out. It, stuff doesn't take off like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It there's does. not, there's not, there's yeah. not really a trend that comes, follows. There's just so many options. It's just people want to be different and not the same anymore. Like they all, everybody wanted the same thing back in the day. I want my car to look like that. Now they want it to look different. So they're looking at a way to do something different, not what the trend is. So that's a tough one to answer because, you know, a, a trend is kind of, kind of went away, if you will. Yeah. And, and there's also just, I mean, you talk about wheel manufacturers, there's hundreds of wheel manufacturers, vehicle options. There's a ton more vehicle options now. It's yeah, just, it's it's so. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the last auto show you went through, but you walked through there just going like, wow. All the new manufacturers and all the the different, even even each manufacturer, how many different models they have, how many different cars are out on the road today. Yeah, no, there there is a ton. But I, like I said, I see, keep circling back to where are all these wheels going, you know? Where do they all go? They're going somewhere. There's probably... To the graveyard. The- there's probably a great... Well, they, like I said, they pop up every... You know, the old stuff pops up every once in a while, and it's totally cool. Especially, you know, I, I get just as much joy out of, uh, out of refurbishing a set of wheels as I do building a brand new set, you know? Because there's just... Oh, sure. It's so cool. And, it's so cool. And to, to answer your to answer your question, wheels are made out of metal. Yeah. They're going to be recycled. Oh, People for sure. are going to turn this metal into money. For sure. You know? Yeah, I got, if I they gotta, didn't get salvaged with the car, they're going to get melted down. Yeah, I, get a, I, get a, I have a few local guys that I deal with. They are always on the hunt for old Boyd wheels. And 
they bring them to me and I repolish them, refinish them, rehoop them. And it's just, it's cool. I like to take before and after pictures, you know, breathing new life into some of these wheels and putting them back on the road. Yeah, that, that is very cool. So keep that in mind. You got to, don't throw those old set of two piece boys away and any, any two piece wheel, to be honest with you. We got, I think we got sure. two, two billet specialties wheels. Any multi-piece for that matter. For sure. Yeah, I don't really mess with the three-piece stuff. There's other guys that I, I deal with that deal with that stuff. But, oh, you know, also, too, another big thing is all the the, the re-hooping and re- I'm going to use the word repurposing of a lot of these Japanese wheels. Like, I'm dealing with everything with cutting apart brand-new work wheels uh, or some of the old wheels. And some of the stuff is a matter of just cutting the center out and trimming the center a little bit and putting in some of these new rim shells. And that's kind of cool too, right? Yeah, whole, definitely a, a, a new market for you. It's a whole new world out there, man. Well, man, you know what? I'm I'm glad we talked today, Rick. I'm glad. Me too. Yeah, nice we've been up. we've been. Uh, you know, I'm just sitting there reflecting. Uh, you know, yesterday I it, just to bring up bring it up, but yesterday it was this was my dad's passing 16 years ago, so. It's, it's Has just, it been that long? It's wow. been Seems that like long. Just yesterday. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It's just a lot of a lot of stuffs happened. But you know what? I I'm 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 thankful for the relationships I have, and it all started with my dad. And you know, I still deal with talk to you on a weekly basis, and you know, every time I absolutely it, yeah. So if, whenever you want to buy a wheel and tire package uh, from. HRBB, just remember Rick will be in the middle of that. Uh, and Rick, yeah. go ahead and give a shout out, Rick. Uh, how do they? How do we? How does people? Because you know, you just you're in Orange County, but you you, you sell across the country. So correct. Look, look. Um, probably the best communication is um, you know to to find us to find our company. It's wheelwarehouse.com. Very simple, but. Rick at wheelwarehouse.com is how to get me directly. Right on, man. Well, it's been a pleasure, Rick. And let's let's, let's keep it keep it cranking, man. Let's, maybe we can keep doing this for a few more years. I know you're a little bit older than me, but it sounds like you're still having fun with it. Oh, yeah, it's 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 a great industry. That's why I said earlier we we always have had fun. We, it's it's not as fun as it used to be, but because we're not doing the innovation stuff that we did back in the day as much, but uh, yeah. it's it's still fun. And until it's not fun, I'll still be doing it. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Thank you very much for taking the time and uh, chatting with us. It was good to reflect on some of this stuff. Well, thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. You have a good day. You have a better day, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, Rick. All see right. All right. Thank you, Rick, from Bill Warehouse for joining us today on the HRBB podcast. And thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys again next time. This podcast is presented to you by Alden American. Thank you for listening to the HRBB podcast. <laughs>